Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, I'm Rob Cherry. Joining us right now on the Sports Colton guest line is Joe Ferry. Joe Ferry is the PR director for the Dick Allen Belongs in the Hall of Fame campaign. I'm going to have him fill, in, fill us in on how things are going there. Uh, the vote's going to be in December. Now, before we do that, Joe, uh, I want to test your memory because somebody posted this on Facebook uh, yesterday, I think it was. The okay. starting lineup, when Dick Allen returned to the Phillies in 19, late 1975, I think it was, do you know, right. Can you name the starting lineup for the Phillies that day? Uh, I know I could give you some of the names who were in the lineup. I know Bo was in the lineup. I know Schmidt. I know Lazinski, Gary Maddox. Um, I believe maybe Steve Carlton started on the mound that night. He did. Steve. I think he did. So here's the, um, here's the lineup. <laughs> this is funny. Dave Cash was a leadoff hitter. Bo batted second. Dog. Maddox was third. Lazinski batted fourth. Dick Allen That's, fifth. Schmidt batted sixth that, that night. That's amazing. Yeah. Bob Boone, uh, I guess it was Mike Anderson in uh, right Mike field. Mike Anderson. Right field, and then lefty was on the mound. Yeah. So I was at that game. I remember what a thrill it was to see him come back here. That was that was quite an occasion for him to come back to Philadelphia under those circumstances. Yeah. So so tell me how the campaign is going, and, and what's the strategy to get Dick Allen in the Hall of Fame and your, your con- uh, any contact you've had with the Phillies about this? Yeah, we've we've been trying to uh, to come up with a strategy. Uh, our our target audience, of course, are the 16 uh, voters who will be in the room in the room at the winter meetings in December, and we have to convince 12 of them that Dick Allen's a Hall of Famer. Now, the last time this happened in 2014, he got 11 votes, fell one short. We think the only reason that happened was because Bob Watson, who was one of the uh, voters, took ill and couldn't make the meeting. He was replaced at the last minute. We had done a pretty good job of uh, surveying those committee members and had a good feeling that uh, at least 12 votes were there. And we think losing Bob Watson probably made the difference. So, again, we'll have to put together a statistical package uh, that can show that compared to his peers and compared to players who are playing now, Dick Allen is is up there and should be uh, in the Hall of Fame. I think the one statistic that makes 
the case for me is the fact that for the 10 seasons between 1964 and 73, Dick Allen had an OPS plus of 165. And if you're not familiar with OPS plus, it combines on-base percentage and slugging and adjusts for ballparks and, and eras so that you can you can compare players from different eras. His OPS plus for those 10 years was 165. During the same time, Hank Aaron was 161, Willie McCovey 161, Frank Robinson 161, and a, a half a dozen or so other players, all of whom were in the Hall of Fame. Well, who so we was, think, was anybody better than Dick Allen as far as OPS back for that period? Not in that time, no. The highest was 161, and Dick was 165. Now, you want to make a, a modern-day comparison to that. In his nine seasons so far, Mike Trout has an OPS plus of 176. So really, for his career, for those 10 years, Dick Allen was compared to his peers on the same level that Mike Trout is now. And I think most people would say Mike Trout is a Hall of Famer. Absolutely. Um, and, and now Dick Allen's career wasn't cut short. It was uh, and he played for a couple different teams. But right. he doesn't have the overall numbers that a lot of the guys you right. just mentioned have. So how do you justify right. saying, all right, his OPS was better, but he doesn't have the other numbers? He doesn't have the counting stats. And, and part of that is because he didn't have a couple of years at the beginning of his career where he compiled some stats and then a couple of years at the end of his career where he compiled some stats that he would have gotten over 400 or 450 home runs. Um, the fact is he was good from the day he started, and he was good just about to the day he finished up his career in Oakland in 1977. He didn't have those those seasons at the beginning and end of his career where he could have compiled some of those counting stats that would make it look more impressive. But that's why we think with the, with the perspective of current sabermetrics uh, can delve into the numbers a little more closely um, – you know, we can see that the counting stats aren't aren't as important as some of these other numbers that um, that he compiled over those ten years. So, who's on this committee that you have to get that you have to like campaign to? And is there a way to get a hold of these people? Is there a way to like, you know, really yep. have an audience and convince them that, that this, he should be in the Hall of Fame? Right. The the, the actual voting committee uh, is made up of sixteen people. There's eight current or eight people who are already in the Hall of Fame four baseball executives, front office people, and four members of the media. So we will know who they are before we go before that uh, that voting meeting happens. Now, it's very important that in that meeting we have someone who can be an advocate for Dick Allen. Now, we are fairly confident that Mike Schmidt will be on that voting committee and will be in the room. And we know Mike is 100% behind our campaign. He believes Dick belongs in the Hall of Fame, and we think he'll be a very strong voice in that room uh, where he has a, an opportunity to, um, you know, explain why he thinks Dick belongs in the Hall of Fame, and his other committee members will hear that. So, Mike, will be you think Mike will be a member of that 16-member voting committee? We we certainly hope so. Uh, I know he wants to be a member of it, and uh, and we'll just have to wait to see who else gets well, chosen. Who was last time? Who was on that committee? Last time, uh, well, we had a couple of uh, familiar names in there. We had Jim Bunning. Of course, he has passed away since then. Right. Uh, Ferguson Jenkins was on that committee. Bo Rod both, Carew. Both teammates of Dick Allen, Jim Bunning, and uh, Ferguson Jenkins. Yeah. Exactly. Ozzie Smith, Joe Morgan was a member of that uh, committee as well. Um, 
Jim Fry from the Chicago Cubs, Roland Heeman, who uh, traded for Dick Allen when he was a general manager of the White Sox and had lots of good things to say about him, um, was there. And, of course, Bob Watson, who didn't make it and we think was was probably the 12th vote. Right. Now, if they had had, I mean, a situation like today, they wouldn't, first of all, they wouldn't be meeting in a room. They would vote by pro, by phone or proxy, whatever, right. so they would have gotten in. Yeah, we don't we don't know uh, what that procedure is going to be this time, but uh, we certainly hope that if there's anything like that again, that uh, all the voting members would be able to cast their votes. Now, are there people that have like don't like Dick Allen for some reason that, well, that may be campaigning against them? Yeah, I don't think anybody campaigns against them. The, the arguments that we hear is that he didn't play enough, and that, of course that goes back to those counting stats. But again, we did a we did some pretty deep dive into the numbers and um, looked at, you know, how many games he played compared to some other Hall of Famers. So, for example, he played more games than Chuck Klein, great Philly. He played more games than Joe DiMaggio. He played more games than Ralph Kiner. He played more games than Lou Boudreau and Hank Greenberg, all these guys that are in the Hall of Fame. So the counting stats, I mean, he, he's he's got the uh, he's got the credibility for that. The other thing we heard was that we that he was not a good teammate okay but i think we've uh dispelled that rumor or well, Schmidt could do that, that. Schmidt was a teammate of his Schmidt loved him yeah absolutely uh goose gossage to me this is the one thing that i think uh, epitomizes why dick allen was a great player goose gossage basically said that dick allen taught him how to pitch and if that's not being a good teammate i don't know what is taught him how to uh, pitch in, in that he told him how to pitch to hitters well he told him, like him? Uh, how. Yes, yes. He told he told Goose Gossage, and Goose Gossage has confirmed this that that talking to Dick Allen, he learned from a hitter's perspective what a pitcher could do, and and that was one of the most important things in in Goose's career that he said having Dick Allen as a teammate. Uh, Gene Mock, who had Dick Allen during most of his Phillies career, uh, never had a bad word to say about him. The Phillies invited him back in 1975 i don't think they would have done that if they, if they had bad feelings and the chicago white Sox, the the, the uh basically people in chicago think that he saved their franchise with that mvp season he had in 1972 so we think there's going to be uh quite a bit of support um you know there's going to be other campaigns out there too we know that uh there's what? going to be a strong campaign for gil hodges and we think there'll be a big campaign for minnie minoso and, of course, Tony Oliva was another player that also fell just one vote short in that 2014 vote. So we think there'll be some sentiment for him. But basically we have to convince 12 of those 16 voters in the room that uh, Dick Allen belongs. In, and we are preparing that. Uh, we're sort of preparing it as a legal case. We've already sent in our opening statement. Now we're preparing the evidence. And hopefully at the, uh, at the vote, uh, um, Schmidt will do the close. So let me ask you this. There's 16 members of the committee. Uh, how many mm -hmm. people are they allowed to vote for? They can only vote for four. Right. So there is some statistical difficulties. But if you look back at the uh, most recent era that voted, we got two two players, two people were voted in, Ted Simmons and Marvin Miller. So it is possible for uh, – at least two people to get in. Well, Marvin Miller was a was a, a guy that should have been along. He's the guy that started the Players Association, right? He was is, the one that basically uh, brought free agency to a Major League Baseball. 
Ten Simmons was a good, I wouldn't say a great player. Uh, the Hall of Fame doesn't strike me, but, you know, I, I know he was with a Brewers team that won a pennant. Right. Uh, with some good St. Louis teams. He's another one who's, uh, whose numbers probably weren't appreciated as much then as they are now. Right. In that he was, uh, he was a very good catcher. He was a tremendous switch hitter. Um, yeah, his numbers his numbers are pretty good if you do the deep dive. All right, so, as you say, Tony Oliva is one of the guys who missed by a vote as well. He's competition. Right. Minnie Minoso yep. played, what, five decades? Yes, he did. Yep. Um, and yeah, we think uh, we, this is the Golden Days ballot is for players who uh, spent the bulk of their career between 1950 and 1969. Okay, because I was going to say Gil Hodges didn't play. He stopped playing in, in the early 60s, I thought, no? Right. Yeah. Right, and then of course he managed the New York Mets to their uh, World Series, their miracle win in 1969. Was he still the manager in '73, or was he gone by then? Uh, I think he was gone by then. Right. Okay. So he would have, and, and a lot of a lot of New York support for him as well. For so that's, that's always a consideration. But somehow he hasn't gotten in all this time. No, right. he hasn't. But you never know with uh, a different mix of voters and a different mix of candidates. Uh, people look at it differently, and and he could have a different outcome. All right, so what what have the Phillies been like uh, with their support? Because he mainly played for them, although he did play play for the White Sox and a couple other teams. Right, the Phillies have kind of taken a hands off approach so far. Uh, we would love to see two things happen this summer, just to call attention. One would be to have his number retired. Now their policy is to only retire numbers for Hall of Famers, so they would have to uh, deviate from their policy, but. Another thing they could do is just have a Dick Allen appreciation night. I think that would be an appropriate way to uh, to show their support for his campaign and for his candidacy for the Hall of Fame sometime this summer, if we ever get back to playing baseball. Right, right. I, that, actually, that's a great idea. And uh, obviously, the Roy Halladay uh, retirement night, which was uh, retiring his number, that's not going to happen. Probably not going to happen. Right. May 29th. Not, not happen when it was scheduled. Yeah. I think they'll yeah. probably try to get that in they'll sometime. They'll have to reschedule this year. that. Um, and and you know they do have this or I don't know if it's un I guess it's an unwritten policy about not retiring numbers of Hall of Famers because I understand they retired Richie Ashburn's before he actually went in. Right, exactly. There was a, a situation where there was a, a similar campaign, and they did uh, they did uh, retire his number number one. I remember the slogan: "Why the whole not?" Well, it, it was a great one. Tremendous. Yeah, Went in the same yep. year as Schmitty, and they're gonna. They may have this unwritten policy, but I can't see them not retiring the numbers of Ryan Howard, Jimmy Rollins, and exactly. Chase Hudley for what they meant to the team. Exactly. I mean, they're not. So Dick Allen would be a great way to start that uh, start that tradition. Yeah, yeah. So I guess that's something that now do you do. You have some. You're the PR director. Have you spoken directly right. with the Phillies about putting this idea out there, or is it something that you yeah. just they don't want indirectly? Hear indirectly, yeah. we've we've. Uh, We've asked them to consider that kind of thing. We haven't gotten any feedback yet. Right, right. And, and Dick Allen, does he still work in the Phillies organization as an ambassador? He yeah, he's an ambassador. Yep, he'll be. Uh, he was at spring training, I think, for some time this year, and he'll be back for uh, alumni weekend, as he always is. And you know, he's he's a, a friendly face around the ballpark during the season. But he's he's not campaigning himself for this. He's like no. he's he's not really. Is he actually is he cooperative about this, or is just like like just tell me when it happens. He, he is. Um, yeah, he, he will not uh, actively campaign. He just feels that's not something that is appropriate for him to do. But we're doing this uh, at, at uh, not the request, but at the direction of his son, Richard Allen Jr., who uh, 
who is uh, grew up hearing uh, and seeing some things said about his father that weren't too kind and really thinks that he deserves to have the recognition uh, at this point in his life that he hasn't been able to get up till now. How did you get involved in this, Joe? Well, I'm a good friend of uh, Mark Froggy Carfagno. We uh, grew up in southwest Philadelphia together, went to Most Blessed Sacrament grade school and West Catholic High School, and we've stayed in touch through the years. And a number of years ago, uh, we crossed paths, and he was uh, interested in writing a book about his 33 years as a member of the grounds crew with the Phillies, and I helped him put together those thoughts and that natural progression from that was to be involved with this uh, Dick Allen campaign. So in that year leading up to the 2014 uh, vote, we worked closely together to get all the information out. And Froggy actually traveled out to San Diego for the vote and was uh, crushed, devastated, I don't know what you want to say, when he didn't get voted in. And um, and it has really been an amazing, an amazing campaigner this I, I don't think I've ever come across anyone as laser-focused on a goal as Frog has been on Dick Allen. And it's not just getting him elected to a Hall of Fame, although that is the number one goal. He's taken it upon himself to educate a whole new generation of people in the Philadelphia area about what Dick Allen meant, what he went through as a young black player in Philadelphia during the 60s the things that he had to endure, his family had to endure, and yet he still performed at a very high level. And he's really taken it to uh, another level in educating, as I said, the uh, the community about all the things that uh, Dick Allen was able, able to accomplish under some really difficult circumstances. Well, well, a lot of young kids like me growing up then didn't know that Dick Allen was the first superstar, first black superstar the Phillies had, and the Phillies were way behind the other teams in adding black players. Exactly, and yeah. and probably never more so than when they assigned him to Little Rock, Little Rock, Arkansas in 1963. Uh, just was not well thought out that he would be in that kind of environment. Yet he uh, progressed and uh, and made it to Philadelphia in '64 as Rookie of the Year. Almost took him to the pennant in 1964, and uh, and then had had his career in Philadelphia through '69 before he got traded to the Cardinals. You watch, and that was basically how free agency started. The guy he got traded for, Kurt Flood, right. refused to report to Philadelphia. Right. He yeah. didn't want any parts of Philadelphia. He said he wasn't a piece of uh, uh, material that could be bought and sold without his uh, approval. Uh, he refused to report. The Phillies ended up getting a pretty good player out of that year in, in the name of uh, Willie Montanez. Yes, yes. You remember Willie the Philly? Oh, yeah. Willie and, Montanez, and, who they turned into Gary Maddox a couple years after that. Exactly. So. Yeah. You know, in the long run, Kurt Flood not reporting was probably a good thing for Philadelphia. It was, as it turned And a good thing for, for baseball players as well because they had free agency Absolutely. and they can thank for the salaries they had today. Well, Joe, yes, we, it was. if people wanted to help or people want to learn more, how can they do that? If you would send me an email, joe at josephferry.com, uh, any ideas people have on how we can uh, convey our message to the, to the voters, I'm more than willing to hear we have – uh, much statistical analysis. I have to be careful not to overwhelm the voters with too much information. We want to keep it uh, as simple and as succinct as possible, combination of old school and new school numbers, and, uh, and then having Schmidt in the room will be the uh, icing on the cake, we hope. I, I should have asked you this at the start. You, I don't know what your full-time business is and how are you doing in this in all the environment we're having right now? Well, I'm, I'm a retired person at this point. 
but uh, I'm helping out a business organization in Perkasie with uh, a small borough in Upper Bucks County trying to keep their businesses afloat. And it's it's quite eye-opening, the things that are happening in some of the small businesses. I don't know how they're going to survive. I'll bet. Well, let's hope you all get through this. Thank you, Joe. We yes, appreciate we it. And we'll, thank you very much, Rob. We'll talk to you down the road. Time. Okay. Yes, thank you. Take care. That's Take care. Joe Ferry, yep, who's the PR director of the campaign for to get Dick Allen in the Hall of Fame, and hopefully we'll hear good news in December about that. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.